0: I want you to turn to the book of Zechariah. Some of you may not know where that's at, but it is in your Bible and it is in the Old Testament and it's close to the end of the Old Testament. But I want you to turn to the book of Zechariah chapter 1 and I am going to read beginning at verse 18 down through verse 21 and uh, we're going to take off from this particular text. I I, I believe the Lord... still speaks, and I believe he has uh, done so to my heart today, and so I'm just praying that you will open your heart and receive the word of the Lord. It's on the board, on, on the walls, I should say, and it ought to be in your lap. You ought to have a Bible with you in case they mess up back there and they don't put up the right scripture, or we're trying to hoodwink somebody. You can make sure we're not hoodwinking anybody. Amen. Amen. So let's read together the scriptures, Ze- Zechariah chapter 1 and verse number 18. He said, Then lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, four horns. Four. Everybody say four horns. Go to verse number 19. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? And he answered me, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Verse number 20, and the Lord showed me four carpenters, four carpenters, and then said I, what come these to do? And he spake, saying, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, So that no man did lift up his head, but these are come to fray them. And the word in the Hebrew means frighten them or terrify them to cast out the horn of the Gentiles which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. And everybody said amen peculiar passage of scripture for a Wednesday night, but I want to speak to you for a little while. I'm going to use this subject, four for four. Say that with me, four for four. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I was newly amazed today at the tender care of the Lord for his people. I often tell you that, and some of you believe me, some of you look at me like you believe me, and some I'm sure wonder if what I am saying is true, but I am amazed today at the tender care that the Lord has for His people. Now I know that there are times when we may wonder what in the world is going on in our life. And there are times when we wonder if this will ever end, whatever this is. And and there are times that some of us would even venture to question, is there no justice? Is there no justice? What is fair about the picture of my life right now? What is right? about what I'm having to go through, deal with, face, and so on. Tonight, it is my desire to do as much as I can to erase from your mind that question. Amen. Whatever that question might be, why, God, is this going to last forever? Is there no justice what's going on in my world and what's going on in my family or what's going on with my children or whatever it is you want to talk about, I hope that somehow I can erase that question out of your mind. You see, in the most unusual places and in the most unusual times, we find help for the day we find help for the day. However heavy life might be at the moment, however heavy life might be at the particular time in your life, God has compensations for each one of us so that the burden of the day will never overpower us, so that God will As he has promised, never put more on you than you can bear. And some of us, I know, are not sure that that verse is really true. Because some of us have found ourselves in situations where we thought we were going to collapse. But we didn't. We didn't and we haven't. We're here. We don't know how but we survive. And that's because no matter how heavy life gets, God has compensations for the moment, for the day that we are living in and for the things that we are going through. Zechariah was a prophet to Israel and he was called for many reasons. But most importantly, he was called to encourage God's people Surely as a prophet he would rebuke them, and there were times that as a man of God he would have to show them, expose them for their failures, but that was not his chief responsibility. The greatest responsibility that Haggai had was encouraging God's people who were returning from exile. And who were coming back to a home and a land that had been decimated by their enemies and torn to pieces and their temple had been literally taken one stone from another until it was nothing but rubbish. And now they were on their way back. Seventy years of exile were over. God was bringing them back into their land and now Zechariah is called To be an encourager of God's people and to not only encourage them in the rebuilding of the temple but in the rebuilding of their own lives and helping them put back together all the broken fractured things that had once been their peace and their livelihood and uh, there had been a lot of bad things that had happened to Israel Zechariah was a contemporary of Haggai and so when you read one you almost seem as if you are reading the other but both of them were called for the self-same reason and that was to encourage God's people. You know as a pastor I have a lot of responsibilities and as a preacher I have a lot of liberties and it's very easy as a preacher to look at people and see what they're not doing and where they're falling short. And I could very easily take out a billy club tonight and beat all of us down to a pulp. But you know, that's not really my main responsibility. My main responsibility to this church is to somehow pick you up and lift your eyes up from where you are and make you see That life is not always as it appears. And so my job tonight is equivalent to what Zechariah was called to do. I have come to encourage God's people because there have been and there still are many hostile forces that are working against us and that work against God's people and those things, those spirits, and i you, you may not believe in the spirit world, but I've lived long enough to tell you that it really exists. And there really are invisible powers that are working to destroy everything that you and I represent. And there are spiritual powers that are moving tonight to tear down everything that is righteous and pure, And holy and godly. And so we come staggering in sometimes from that conflict. Not knowing what all has been involved. But knowing that there's something fighting. Something that is going against us at every turn. Trying to stop us. Discourage us any way that it can. Somehow cause our faith to, to ebb and our confidence to go down. And so when we look around, there was much that Je- Jer- or, or Zechariah could be discouraged by. And everywhere that he looked, I mean everywhere that he looked, there was trouble. Everywhere he turned, there was opposition. Life was miserable for them. And it was in that setting that God began to speak to Jeremiah so that he in turn could speak to their people. Everywhere they looked, there was trouble. Let me stop for a moment and tell you that life would be miserable for all of us if all we could see is our trouble. Oh, my friend, it would be miserable for all of us if all we could see was what was against us. And sometimes that is all we can see. We come to church it doesn't matter what they try to sing. It doesn't matter how they try to encourage the worship. All we see are the things that are against us. What fought us today. What tried to tear us down today. What, what ridiculed, what mocked us. What stood in our way when we were trying to do the right thing and we were trying to stand for what needed to be stood for. Life will become miserable for all of us if all that we can see is our troubles. But thank God, God has a way of stepping into our life at the right time and the right place and begin to speak to us and do things in our life that will help us lift our eyes and look upon the picture as it is in the totality And suddenly we realize that that trouble is not all there is going on in my life. There is something more going on tonight. There's something greater than my troubles that are transpiring all around me right now. And somebody said amen. And so times were dark for for Zachariah and God's people. Difficult, discouraged. Here Here was a child of light walking in dark. Does that describe anybody here tonight? A child of light and you're walking in darkness everywhere around you. It looks like is nothing but total darkness. The complexion of the day was evil and it was not getting better but getting worse. And so if there was ever a time that God needed to speak, God needed to speak and the times of Zechariah Needed a helper. The times of Zechariah needed an aid. They needed a comforter. And so, into that night, into that darkness that engulfed God's people, as they began to stumble back into Jerusalem and Israel began to rehabitate their homes and everything was torn down and chaotic, when they began to go into that darkness, what they needed was a helper. They needed an aid. They needed something to comfort them and strengthen them. And into that darkness, God began to speak. And He spake through Zechariah. And He spake through a vision. And by way of that vision, God began to help Zechariah, who in turn began to help God's people. God, listen to me tonight, church. God has oftentimes chosen the night seasons of our life to reveal His greatest blessings. My God, you need to understand what I just told you tonight, that God chooses the night seasons to reveal His greatest blessing Was it not while shepherds watched their flocks by night that the angel appeared and said go into Bethlehem and you're going to find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes? Fear not for great joy is come to God's people and to all people of the world. God spoke into darkness and I've come to tell somebody tonight He's going to speak into your darkness before this service is over. And God is going to help you understand a little bit more of the picture than what you get right now. Amen. And so God gave a vision. Everybody say God gave a vision. God gives Zachariah just what he needed at the right time. Isn't that just like God? Always on time, never late. He gives him a vision. A vision In which God was able to speak to him. And he spoke to him very clearly and very specifically through these visions. Now the purpose of the visions are many fold. But the one in particular that I read to you tonight. The purpose of that vision I believe was to encourage God's people And to help them renew their hope and begin to rebuild their lives. And not only that, I believe the reason God gave Zachariah the vision of these four horns and four carpenters was so that they could revive their faith and reconnect their faith to God. And make them realize that they were not alone. Somebody say that with me. I am not alone. I don't care what it may seem like. I don't care what you may feel like. God's word is gonna prove to you tonight that you and I are not alone no matter what we're going through. And so God began to speak to him through a vision to rebuild their hope and to reconnect their faith. ...and revive their sagging spirits and put confidence back in their lives... ...so that they would have purpose in what they were doing and meaning. And he caused the prophet to see and understand what was happening to them. That, that, that's very important that you get that tonight. That God calls Zachariah to see and to understand what was happening to his people... To help him understand what they were up against. To help him understand what they were going through. He showed him a vision. He saw four horns. He saw what those four horns were doing. And then he saw four carpenters. And what those carpenters had come to do was to undo what the four horns had done. And that was destroy and scatter and mutilate and divide. And so God began to show Zechariah what was going on and the darkness that was around him. All that was happening, God began to make it plain and help him understand. Listen to me tonight, church. The darkness that is around your life or mine tonight is only dreadful if we are deprived of a vision If we do not see what God is doing and our eyes are darkened that we cannot understand, then darkness truly is overwhelming. But you hear me tonight and understand me clearly. I don't care how dark it gets. It can be dark as a thousand midnights. But I'm here to tell somebody that God is right there in the midst. His hand is right there in the midst of what is going on in your life. You and I are not alone in our battles. Amen. Somebody said amen. And so God gives a vision. When the eyes of our understanding are open, we begin to see. And when we see, we understand. And we, in understanding, can move with divine purpose. And the picture that God gives is very clear. If you know what you're fighting against, it always helps you in the battle. It's when you don't know what you're fighting against that just frustrates and annoys you And drives you to insanity. But God showed Zechariah what you're up against. And he showed him what was going on around them, Why they were having such a hard time. I mean, what's... God, you sent us back to this land. You sent us back here so that we could rebuild. But everywhere we turn, we fight devils and demons and spirits. Every time we get people lifted up, something knocks them down and we preach to them on Sunday and they come dragging back in on Wednesday and we get them up on Wednesday and they come dragging in. God, what in the world is going on with your people? God began to show him what was going on, what they were fighting. He showed him four horns and four carpenters. God showed him that there are two types of spirits working. One a destroyer and one a builder. One a destroyer and one a builder. And so there is even in our lives right now, there are two kinds of spirits that are working in all of our lives. Our families, our children, our jobs. There is the spirit that destroys And there is the Spirit that builds. And God began to show Zechariah that those two things, there's two types of people in the world. There are builders and there are destroyers. And you know what i found out? It doesn't take a skilled person to destroy. Amen. You don't have to have any intelligence to know how to tear down. All you need is a hammer and a wrecking ball. You don't even need instructions. But to build takes another kind of person. And there are people around you and in your life right now, they're destroyers. All they know how to do is tear down, take apart, dissect. Whatever good you try to do, they're getting up in the morning to see what what they can do to undo it. And God showed Zachariah that that's what's going on with God's people. There's a war going on, Zachariah. And what's interesting to me is Zachariah didn't do what some of us would do. Some of us would say, "I want to know who they are. I want to know who those four horns are. I want to know who what who are they? What, what, what are they? The Persians? Are they the Syrians?" And I read all this, the, 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 the Bible scholars and what they said and you know what, that's, that might be important but that's not the question that Zachariah asked. He didn't say, who is this? He said, what is this? Because it doesn't really matter who is fighting you. What you need to know is what is fighting you. And what is fighting you and what is fighting our church It is a destroying spirit. It is a spirit that tears down. It is the spirit that divides. It is a spirit that scatters. It does not know how to bring together. It does not know how to unify. It doesn't have the ability to bring us to where we need to be. The only thing it knows to do is tear down and destroy. And so God shows him the source of their trouble. The strong antagonistic forces. The beastly destructive agents. He called them horns. Horns that tear. And horns that rip indiscriminately. No care who they hurt. I'm going to preach a a message here pretty soon. And and the, the whole crux of the message has to do with the dividing of the baby that Solomon had to deal with early on in his role as the king over Israel. And the simple fact was that there was one spirit in that story that didn't care who was torn down. They didn't care that a baby was going to be destroyed. They didn't care that a baby was going to be divided. The only thing that mother wanted was selfishness. She wanted that baby for herself although she had destroyed her own baby. And there are spirits that get in churches sometimes that that's all they know how to do is tear apart and shred and defile and suffocate everything that's good. But if love can ever speak, love's going to spare the baby. Love's To say, oh no, it may be mine, but I'd rather it live than die. I'm willing to sacrifice my selfishness. You know what's wrong with our world right now? Our world is eat up with selfishness, it's destroying marriages, it's destroying jobs, it's destroying our country. Selfishness, self centeredness. It's all about me. I don't care how it goes with you. I don't care how it is with your family. As long as I get what I want. And that is destroying us. And we're willing to sacrifice the baby. We're willing to sacrifice the country. We're willing to sacrifice our way of life. Just so we can get what we want. There needs to be a spirit of love. That recaptures the church of the living God. And somebody rises up and said oh no. Not in my house. Not in my house. The baby is going to live in my house. Hallelujah. The horns represented that destructive, dashing down the strongest. They worked to scatter horns that wreak havoc. They were mischievous, malignant spirits and personalities. And they represented the hostile forces ravaging and oppressing God's people. And Zechariah. In his vision, God showed him they were scattering. Everybody say scattering. Scattering. Not only that, they had completely discouraged God's people to the place that their heads were hanging down. And the process of the struggle had snatched hope out of the heart of God's people. Do you know one of the most difficult things for a preacher to ever do? is restore hope to people who have had their hope snatched away from them that circumstances in life a broken family, a broken marriage kids that are that are just completely out of control, a job situation where they 're cheated or they 're somebody promoted over them and they deserve it, but they get pushed aside and they 're mistreated maltreated. The hardest thing as a preacher to do is to get some of us to believe again and some of us to trust again and some of us to open ourselves to God and say yes you know what's wrong with so many backsliders they have forgotten how to trust God and that's what they struggle with the most because in the back of their mind they're afraid they're going to fall back in that same old way of life and so they've forgotten how to trust God and my job here tonight is to try to wake hope up in your life And say you know what God has something he wants to say to you and your family. It doesn't matter that there are four horns against you. There's something else that is for you. And what is for you is greater than what is against you. And whatever that hellish spirit might be. It cannot tear down what God has purposed to live. Amen. 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 And so it was the tactic. He's never changed. He's still doing that. He comes and he surrounds us. The fact that they were fighting spirits was bad enough, but Zacharias said he saw four of them. four was the number of the corners of the earth, and in, 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 and in biblical typology, it represented all corners. So not only is Zechariah and God's people fighting these spirits, but they're fighting them from everywhere, every corner, everywhere they turn. Every, every time they turn around, they get blindsided by something else. They get hit by this. They turn and they get hit by that. Every morning they wake up, it's something new. That It just comes from everywhere, all sides, every corner. They are surrounded and they are being assaulted foes that are sworn to resist their attempt to renew and rebuild their lives and wherever they turn somebody say wherever 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 they turn there were foes wherever they turn there were trouble am i talking to anybody here tonight that everywhere you turn it's just another problem You wake up in the morning and it's it's this problem. And you go to work and it's that problem. And you go to lunch and it's that problem. And then you come home and it's that problem. And you go to bed and it's that problem. And then you start over the next day everywhere you turn. You know what? That four-sided attack is nothing new. Go read the book of Job. Job was hit by that four-sided attack. While one servant was telling him one thing was happening, Another servant, the second servant, come in, told him something else had happened. While that servant was telling him something was going wrong, the third servant came in. And while that third servant was telling him what was wrong, the fourth one came in. Go read it. It's in Job Job chapter 1. Foresighted. No wonder Job was staggered. No wonder Job was reeling. Everywhere he turned, there were these things, spirits fighting. It seemed that trouble was coming from every direction. Anybody ever feel like that? Amen. The work of the enemy has been to cause us to be divided, to be frustrated, to be scattered, to be discouraged, to be destroyed. So much so that the Bible said they hung their heads in defeat and discouragement. Listen to me. For those four horns... God helped Zachariah see four carpenters. Amen. I want that to sink into your mind right now. That for four troubles, God gave four answers. God's not going to give three answers to four problems. He's not going to give two answers to four problems. He's never going to let your problems outweigh his answers. He's never going to let what you're going through trump what he's got to do for you and give to you. Do you understand that tonight? And so God helps Zachariah to move through this vision and now he sees four four carpenters. The Hebrew said four blacksmiths, four smiths who were skilled in the building and rebuilding of things. And the Bible said, if you can put that verse back up there, the Bible said that the work of these carpenters was to undo what had been done by those four horns or those spirits that had attacked from every corner. Those four carpenters had been sent to undo what the enemy had perpetrated from the beginning. Do you understand me tonight when I tell you that whatever the devil has planned, God has counterplanned, and he hasn't halfway done it. He hasn't a third of the way done it. He hasn't a fourth of the way done it. He said, I'm going to do it point for point. Four for four. Four against you, four for you, And the great thing is that the four for you are greater than the four that are against you because the four that are for you are going to undo the four that have been against you. So do you get the picture now? I've taken a long time to draw a picture. Four for four. So what are the lessons that God gave me to give to you tonight? Number one, Don't be dismayed when the days of your life are dark and you see nothing clearly. Don't be troubled or discouraged when things seem to go against you because the tide is going to turn, because God's going to turn the tide. So it doesn't matter how dark it is, it doesn't matter how bad it is, go ahead devil, roar. Go ahead devil, do your dirty work. But you're not going to be able to undo the work that God has already purposed in my life. And however evil your intent is, God's grace is greater than your Evil And God's grace is greater than those things that you have planned against me. Don't be discouraged because God has a remedy for every evil that is against you. Do you understand me tonight? Every evil that is against you right now, God has a remedy for. Number two. We as God's people are not exempt from trouble. Now, I don't know where that ever got started, but some people are of the opinion that if you have trouble, there must be something wrong with you. You've made God mad. You didn't fast long enough or you didn't read your Bible long enough or you didn't pray long enough. But the truth is, God's people are not exempt from trouble. Number three, we live in the midst of trouble. Listen, folks, We don't have to go looking for trouble. Trouble comes looking for us. You don't have to go pick a fight. You just hang around in life long enough, and life will pick a fight with you. You don't have to be a bad person. You don't have to be evil and wicked for those. You just have to live. And if you live this life for the purpose of doing the will of God, you are going to be in the midst of trouble. What did he say? He said, I saw four horns. That means they were all around us. Everywhere I turn, every corner, all around us. Don't have, you, you, you don't have to be a, a rocket scientist to figure out that there are some things that are going to come. Godly are going to suffer persecution. Isn't that what your Bible said? Some of you don't know. It really does say that. You had not read it long enough. You need to go back and read. The godly shall suffer persecution. Number four. Though there will ever be a conflict in this life between the enemy of God and His church. Listen to me. There will never be defeat for His church. Never. Absolutely never. Though an host should encamp against me. In this will I be confident. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the enemy come in on me like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifted up a standard against him. I've come to tell somebody here tonight that you may live in the midst of conflict. But God is going to make sure that you win. God's going to make sure you overcome. God's going to make sure you get through it and make it all the way to the other side. Some of you ought to be shouting just because of that tonight. Amen. Number five, I know you're waiting for the next point. Number five, we can only account for our survival so far By the fact that God has been in the midst of it all. If it had not been for the Lord on our side. Lamentation said the enemy would have swallowed us up. That's a big if. If it had not been. Sometimes you and I feel so weak and vulnerable and we feel overwhelmed by the attacks from all quarters, but whatever the num listen to me right now, whatever the number of your foes, God is going to make sure you have an equal number of friends. And your friends are going to help you overcome your foes. You think everybody's against you? Not everybody's against you. God's got some friends out there that's ready to rise up. What did Timothy, facing Ephesus, an ugly, vile city, discourage? He was a timid preacher. Sometimes I felt like Timothy. I just can't do this, God. Paul writes down a letter to Timothy. He said, Timothy, God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's not given us the spirit of intimidation. What did He give us? Somebody help me. Anybody know that verse? Power and love and a sound mind. Okay. He has given us the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And then if you go to the next verse, He talks about one more issue promise. So you have power, you have the love of God, you have the peace of God, you have the promises of God. How many of that did I miscount? Love, power, peace, promise. You know what God is trying to tell Timothy? Timothy, what God has put in you is greater than than what is in Ephesus that is against you. You know what I need to tell somebody here tonight? As ugly as some of the spiritual battles have been that we have fought in this church, even this year... I'm telling you, declaring to you prophetically right now from the word of God that not one of those spirits are going to prevail because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And God's promises are yea and amen. He cannot lie. He will not lie. So however many foes you have, God's going to make sure you have that number of friends. Number six, God has resources by which he can restrain the assault of the wicked. Though the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. God will bring into action powers that can turn the tide. You and I are not defenseless. Powers sufficient to disconfit the enemy, however strong they may be. And you know what? God can do it without you lifting a finger. When Israel faced the army of the Assyrians, and they didn't know what they were going to do, all, the, all the, the king did was take the accusations before the Lord and say, God, I want you to hear what the enemy's saying about your people. God said, Don't worry about it. You just go back. You get your praisers out, you get your worshipers ready, get your music out. Get your song back. And when I tell you, you start worshiping and praying. And I will take care of your enemy. And when they began to pray and worship, the Bible said God disconfitted the enemy. God disjointed. All of a sudden they became spastic. Spastic. They couldn't even put their hand to their mouth. They couldn't even put their hand to their sword. They couldn't lift up the trumpet to even blast the sound of preparation. And they destroyed themselves. You listen to me tonight. There are some spirits that we have been fighting for a long time. That if you'll hold your peace, God's going to fight that battle. And he's going to silence that voice forever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Somebody say, he loves me. He loves me enough to give me four for four. (laughs) Number seven, all evil meets its match when God shows up. And you know what? God is going to show up. I don't know when. Sometimes I'm wondering, God. (laughs) You know what? God moves sometimes. And I'm thinking, you know what, God, it's too late. You should have done that two weeks ago. But the truth is God moved right on time. He moved when we needed it. Number eight, whatever, whenever bad influences are against you, God has equal help to secure you. He counterbalances evil with good. That is your divine defense. Number nine, listen to me. What God showed Zachariah, And what this preacher has come to help some of you understand is that the truth is that your mercies outweigh your miseries. That no amount of scattering can stop the building. No amount of device... You know what? That needs to come as a revelation because some of us have let some of our enemies get the best of us, and they've let, they've gotten the upper hand on us, and we're just like we can't do. It. Our church is stymied. We're not going to grow. We're not. Gonna. You know what? There's nothing that the enemy can do that can stop the work of God, if you understand that God has four for four, that He is going to counteract that he's got a remedy and there's a defined defense and no amount of scattering that the enemy can do can stop the building that God has set in motion. And what is it for you? What is it? What is for you greater uh, than to understand that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? Number 10, and I'm closing. Stand with me. This is the tenth, this is the thing that God showed Zechariah. Really the crux of the whole thing is that you have to have faith in God. Because that faith in God is going to see you through. I've got confidence God is going to see me through. No matter no matter what the devil may do, no matter what people may do, no matter what circumstances may do, God is going to see me through. And folks, listen to me. What Israel needed more than anything was for something to reach underneath their sagging faith and pull it back up and say, you have to have faith in God. That He's going to work it out. Amen. You, you got to have faith that God's going to take care of it. He's going to see us through. And if God has delayed, there's a reason. If God is not working, there's a purpose. If God is not through, then you know what? Let God be God. And me a worshiper. Amen. I, don't, I, I wish I knew the words to that song. I've got confidence. Is that an Edwin Hawkins song? God's going to see me through. No matter what. What? Does anybody know the words? No matter what? What the case may be. You mean that? No matter what the case may be. I know he's going to fix it for me. Thank God for the media. I've got confidence. God is going to see me through. Some of you need to take hold of that right now and say, thank you, God. Thank you for stepping into my darkness and speaking to me and helping me see what all of this means. What I, I've been a little confused and I've been a little worried. But tonight, I have confidence. God is going to see me through. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. Because I have confidence, God, is going to see me through. Somebody ought to lift up your hands right now and just say, God, I believe you. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I trust you. Oh, God, I know that you are able. I know that you are able. I know that you are able. I know, God. There are divine compensations. There are divine works going on right now, God. Help me to understand that. Help me to believe that, Lord. Help me to live that. Help me, God, to live that, that you're going to see me through. No matter, no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter what the case may be, I know He's going to fix it for me because I've got confidence. God is going to see me through. Hallelujah. Yes. Come on, bring your troubles. Bring them on with you tonight if you need to, but bring them to the altar. When you bring them, realize that if there's four troubles, there's four promises. And if there's ten troubles, there's ten promises. Whatever whatever the enemy, whatever he's designed against you, God's counter design is greater. Come on. Come on. Come on tonight. Oh, yes. God's going to see me. He, you, you know what? I'm not going down. I'm going over. I, I'm not giving up. I'm going up. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. God.